0: Hey Bulls Nation, welcome to another episode of the Rebuild the Bull podcast. I'm your host, Matt Gentile. Before we get into basketball talk, I really want to start with a simple, simple PSA for everybody out there listening, whether you're here in the States or you're a Bulls fan around the world, and that is, please wear a damn mask. Wear a mask i don't care where your political leanings are if you're conservative if you're liberal if you're moderate i really don't give a rat's ass where you fall on the political spectrum this is about safety this is about public health please wear a fucking mask we have data that shows us that this actually helps reduce the spread of covid 19. so I, again, don't care about your political leanings. All I care about is public safety. So the Rebuildable's official PSA today, wear a damn mask. And if you're one of those people who is going to tell me, well, we had had people tell us not to wear a mask when this thing started. Why should I wear one now? That's how science and data works. You know what? You start learning more about a brand new disease and the data shows us now that you need to wear a mask. So... Nut up, wear a mask. That's it. That's all I got to say. Anyway, so I'm going to let you behind the curtain, let you into how the production of the Rebuildable podcast happens. I had an episode planned that I was really excited about because, you know, it's been a while since I've put out some content. You know, I'm kind of taking my time a lot more lately because, well, it's a different world. There's not a lot of basketball going on, not a lot of bulls talk going on. It's very few and far between. So I've been taking my time more and I finally had a great idea for an episode. So as I was uh, planning that out on Tuesday, I, I decided I was ready to roll, recorded during my lunch break from work. And after I was done, I I was very pleased with myself. I thought, you know what, this is a good episode. Very, very proud of it. During the, the early evening. I went into, uh, into my office and I started to edit the, the podcast after work. And as I'm editing, I see a tweet come onto my, my Twitter timeline. And it's from Casey Johnson. It was a, a column by Casey. And Again, Casey, you got to know one thing about Casey Johnson. He's a, a reporter at heart. So when he puts out a column, it's always, it's always interesting to me because I always think there's fact within that column. You know, he, he usually has something that he's going to share with you that he's learned. It, it's the reporter in him. He's, he's always going to tell you something based on fact. He is not usually a person who will share his personal opinions on the state of the Bulls. So when he writes a column, I'm always, always intrigued. And the column was... Why Arturus Karnaschovas' long play on Jim Boylan's future is the smart play. Let me read that again. Why Arturus Karnaschovas' long play on Jim Boylan's future is the smart play. So immediately when I see that title, like I said, I'm editing a podcast that I just recorded, um... I sit there in stunned silence, just reading the headline. Now, why? Well, I'm editing an episode that was going to be titled Jimbo in Limbo, and the episode was going to be about Jim Boylan's job status and how I thought he was going to be let go prior to 2021. Now, before scrapping it, I said, you know what, let me at least read the column so I can see if I need to do that. Like, let me collect myself a little bit, read what Casey has to say, and then make a decision. So I read Casey's column. And there were some interesting tidbits in there that, that made me raise my eyebrow and really raise my blood pressure. Um, because if you know me, um, you know that I've been pretty consistent since Karnaschobis and Eversley were, were hired. That I thought both of them were going to make the decision to let Jim Boylan go. And now I've been patient, though. I've been saying, look, don't worry about this 2020 season, this weird unknown. And that was what I was going to originally tell you in Bulls Nation, how I felt, that with the uncertainty about the Delete 8 bubble happening in Chicago or wherever it was going to happen, and really, like, the... Way that the bubble's set up right now in Orlando, you have assistants that are down there doing in-person interviews, and even virtual interviews are a little difficult. So I thought, no way, they'll wait till that's done, fire Boylan, and then sit down with you know the Adrian Griffin's or the Udokus of the world, and and make their their decision on a new head coach. And I also talked about, and I've talked about in previous podcasts that there's a perception around the league. Of the way the Bulls treat coaches. And that, you know, what Karnashovas and Eversley were trying to do is repair some of that fractured image the Bulls had. Because under guard packs, you know, the way that they handled every, basically every coach in their tenure Skiles, Del Negro, Fibbs, Fibbs was probably the ugliest divorce, even Hoiberg. There were some issues on the way out with those coaches. And even though Jim Boyland is sort of a a weirdo and a guy that a lot of other coaches around the league sort of laugh at, and we saw that with some of the late game situations where he was calling timeouts and some of the other coaches were not thrilled with that. So we know that he kind of has an odd reputation, but I think he's still part of that inner circle, that group of coaches, right? I don't want to use the term fraternity anymore, but he is part of that. So... That has always been my thought, is that really the Bulls are doing this to help repair their broken image with coaches around the NBA. They also wanted to just have a chance to meet him in person, talk with him, and then eventually fire him. Well, this is what sort of made me change my tune. As I'm reading Casey's column, I I saw some interesting tidbits. And so this is what really really caught my eye. So so this is from, again, Casey Johnson's column, which he wrote on Tuesday. And he says, So Karnaschovas has chosen the route to empower Boylan and his staff for now. As previously reported, Karnaschovas has told Boylan to focus strictly on coaching. No more worrying about dealing with player agents. No more worrying about meet and greets with season ticket holders. Just as player development can be a focus, so can coaching development. Boylan is known for being collaborative. It's easy to see him being open to suggested tweaks to his offensive system as the new management seeks to realize its publicly stated goal, getting at the regression of Laurie marken and other woes. As for the defense, remember, the Bulls were top 10 before widespread injuries hit. That's a bit misleading, but okay. That's my own side. Back to Casey, Management has sought Boylan's input on player development strategies, according to sources. There have been discussions regarding the draft and free agency. Boylan has watched voluntary workouts at the Advocate Center with Karnaschobis and Eversley, and they've dined together as well. That's a very interesting tidbit right there, because before that, I think... Most of us were under the impression that Karnashovis and Eversley hadn't had the face-to-face with Jim Boylan. And so I think what we learned there is that they have. So the 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 notion that I was sort of working under too was, well, they can't fire him over over Zoom. If they want to repair that image, they gotta have that face-to-face with Jimbo. Well, apparently they have. And they've been doing more than that. They've been scouting and discussing player development strategies. They've even dined together. I hope they've dined safely. You know, some of those, those bars and restaurants, especially in Chicago, it's a, it's a hot spot. But anyway, um, that, that definitely caught my eye. And I guess before I read that, when I had just recorded a podcast about why I was sure as hell convinced that Boylan was gone. You know, I would say that my concern level was at like a three or four that Boylan would be brought back when I had recorded that episode and prior to reading Casey's column. The minute I read Casey's column, I think my concern has been risen to about a seven or an eight that Jim Boylan would be brought back. Again, what I look at there is when Casey speaks, there's sources and truth behind it. Okay, now... If Casey is writing opinion, I mean, that would be the first time in forever that he's just stated an opinion without having some basis behind it. You know, now, again, like, he did kind of leave the door open within the column, you know, and I'm sure that there might be some other things we don't know. But, yeah, I am a little concerned now. I I am. And... I think what worries me, the reporters that cover the Bulls have sort of been tight-lipped or have similarly painted a picture of a possibility where Jim Boylan's back in the fold. You know, Joe Cowley, I think some of us have been somewhat mocking him, you know, kind of ripping the fact that he's been like, oh, hey, you know, the Reinsdorfs really like Jim Boylan, so there's a possibility he could be back, you know, and I think we all shrugged it off because... We know Joe likes to play the the wrestling villain a lot within uh, sports reporting. And, you know, Darnell Mayberry, who I, I really like. Darnell Mayberry, I love the way he reports. I love that he takes analytical approaches. I love his writing style. I also like the fact, though, that as a reporter, he's okay kind of taking risks as a columnist. You know, he's okay writing a column and being like, hey, this is just what I think this is just my, my gut feeling. And his column uh, late last week, you know, he talked about you know why Jim Boylan doesn't deserve to be the bulls head coach, how he's in over his head. You know, and this is a guy that covers a team on a daily basis, has to deal with Jim Boylan on a daily basis in a real you know in a regular scenario. But he mentioned that you know this is uh, a scary notion that, you know, Jim Boylan could be back and that he hasn't earned that job. And so I feel like there's been some some reporters who cover the Bulls that have painted that picture. But man, when Casey Johnson says it, or when Casey Johnson even hints to it, I think that's what worries me the most. You know, Casey's one of the guys that, that we all respect as Bulls fans. Like, every Bulls fan, I think when it comes to reports about the Bulls, I mean, they would take a KC report over a Woj bomb. I, I, I'm serious. They would probably take a KC report over, you know, something that Woj or Shams tweets about. Like, if Casey says it, it's happening. You know, if, if Woj and Shams say something, it's just a feeler. You know, the Bulls are looking into this, or they're, they're considering doing that. But man, when, when Casey tells you something, it's it's gospel truth. Because Casey's sources are impeccable with the Bulls. You know, he's got deep connection within that organization. So, yeah, like when, when I saw that column and when I read what he was saying, it did concern me. Because now we know that Karnaschovas and Eversley have sat down with Boylan, they're dealing with him regularly now, yet nothing. Nothing. Now... To go back to what I was gonna say in the in the episode that I ended up scrapping because of the KC column, I will stand by this. I think part of this is, is their evaluation of everything in the year 2020, okay? So again, we're still operating in the 2020 season. We are not in the off season. The season is still ongoing and it's very, very convoluted, very confusing, right? There's that whole Delete 8 mess. We heard that there's going to be a Delete 8 bubble, or we heard the possibility of a Delete 8 bubble in late June, early July. That it could be held in Chicago and, um, you know, it would give the opportunity for the eight teams who didn't make the bubble in Orlando uh, a chance to continue to evaluate the rosters, uh, watch them in competition and, you know, scrimmage other teams. And really... You know, for a team like the Bulls, and this is very important, gives them a chance to evaluate their coaching staff with these players. Now, you might say, okay, well, why do you need to evaluate Jim Boylan as a coach? We know he's a turd. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Think of the the coaches next to Jim Boylan. I think that's a very, very um, forgotten element. You know, you have Roy Rogers, who's a really respected assistant coach around the league, and the same with Chris Fleming. Chris Fleming is considered one of the best assistants in the NBA. You know, he had a, a really nice uh, career there with the uh, the Brooklyn Nets before he came over to the Bulls, and he's somebody that you know a lot of people kind of look at as like a Ron Adams ish type assistant, a guy that's always going to be one of those lead wingmen on the bench. So I actually think that Carn, you know, and Eversley might want a chance to see how those guys operate next to somebody like Jim Boylan, you know, evaluate those two, evaluate Karen Stack. That's another, you know, really respected assistant within the NBA and somebody who's been with the Bulls organization forever. And I think it would give them a chance to see how those, you know, assistants operate next to a head coach. And why is that important? Well, if the Bulls are going to hire another head coach, you do want to give them a list of some names of potential assistants possibly. And... You know, if you already have some of those people on your staff already, it might not be bad to hand that next head coach some intel or give them an idea of uh, just how good they are as assistant coaches. So, you know, that's, that's an element, too, that I, I think is really important to, to, you know, understand, too, that that might be a scenario that they want to see if there is this Delete 8 bubble. Now, if the Delete 8 bubble gets scrapped, then it'll be interesting to see. Like, the D'League 8 bubble on the surface seems like a a great idea. I don't think you're going to get a lot of the the key players maybe back to participate in it. Like, I don't know if Zach Levine or Laurie Markkinen, Otto Porter, you know, even Wendell Carter. I don't think those guys are going to come into Chicago and participate in a bubble. Especially, you know, in the state of Illinois, we have a, a rising number of cases. Our positivity rate... It's still kind of low, but even that's gone up. And, you know, Sh- Chicago itself is a bit of a hot spot. So, you know, if you're so if, if you're a player, I, I don't know if you really want to take that risk to do that. And, and I have a feeling the NBA might just scrap the idea completely. But if if it did go through, um, you know, especially a guy like Laurie Marketing, why would you fly back to the States and, and risk your health and safety to participate, in maybe some some scrimmages and a, a glorified training camp. It, it's just not worth it. But it, you know, again, if it did happen, like, would you rather the Bulls, you know, bump up a guy like Fleming or Rogers or 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 Karen Stack, or have just Jim Boylan ride it out? And the reason I would say the latter, have Jim Boylan ride it out, I can still though have a chance to evaluate my assistants. As assistant head coaches and not have to waste anybody's time like why bother elevating one of those assistants when you can just you know let Jim Boylan earn the rest of his money for the 2020 season and then say goodbye to him when it's done and and, and move on now if this is though the decision that Carter Shovas and Eversley have made to retain Jim Boylan I think I would still be somewhat conflicted as to who who to blame because they're brand new and I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like they don't have the track record that we saw with Garpax. Like Garpax had 17 years and we were fed up. So they lost the benefit of the doubt. Both Eversley and Karnaschovas are brand new to the to the Bulls. So Bulls fans I think were a bit shell-shocked. I heard uh, and. I heard um, on an episode last week of locked on Bulls and a shout out to Jordan Malley, Matt Peck. It, it's great to, to hear them again. great to, to see that they're back you know basically every day with a new uh, new episode. I think it's it's much needed. Um, so th- they had an episode uh, late last week and they were they were talking about Mayberry's column about Boylan and, and you know the Reinsdorfs. and one thing that, that Matt Peck said that's spot on is that Bulls fans are in this mindset still that we were when Garpaks were still here. Like, everything the Bulls do has something sinister behind it or that there's something stupid about it because we're, we're operating under the fact that, well, the, the management is is awful. And I think we, we do have to sort of divorce ourselves from that a little bit. And it's hard to do, but we're going to have to. Like, we're going to have to look at these moves that... that Karnaschovas, and Eversley are doing as independent of what the Garpax regime did. Okay, like the slate is wiped clean in terms of basketball ops decisions. And I think that's what makes this sort of a weird situation, right? Like, I'm kind of conflicted because if if Karnaschovas and Eversley really do believe that, like, Jim is their guy, I, I would... I would be shocked. I would be shocked because we heard in, a, in his introductory press conference, we heard Karnaschovas say, you know, we're, we're not going to make excuses for injuries. We're, we're, we're going to hold people accountable. We're going to change the culture. And, you know, keeping Jim Boylan, I mean, Jim Boylan, all he's done is make excuses as to why things have gone bad. And he's, he's used injuries as a big crutch. And he's also somebody who needs to be held accountable. You know, things have not gone well. You know, he hasn't been able to control the roster of the locker room effectively. He's got players throwing him under the bus. I mean, we just heard Daniel Gafford, you know, on Twitch while he's playing a video game say that his coach is all right. He's all right. I mean, we all heard it. And... It's. I mean, look. This is your second round pick. Who's not afraid to throw Jim Boylan under the bus because he thinks Jim Boylan needs to work on some things, not only as a coach but as a human being. I mean, that's quite an indictment. And then you know we've seen other players, players with a little more clout, give him the side eye. I mean, Zach Levine was doing it. I mean, they're calling the timeouts late in games. He's he's basically looking like, what the fuck are we doing? And we've read reports about some rumblings that Laurie Markkinen's not pleased with Jim Boylan. So it's not like he's earned that right. And we, we know about the basketball decisions, the mismanagement of minutes, the mismanagement of the rotation. You know, there's there's a lot that Jim Boylan's done that should lead to his exit. So if if that's Eversley and Karnaschovas' decision, it would be shocking. Which makes me feel like, if he is brought back for 2021, the decision might actually fall squarely on the Reinsdorfs. And that, to me, is a huge, huge surprise. Because we have really never seen, there's not a lot of precedence of Jerry or Michael Reinsdorf butting into basketball operations. Okay? For the last 17 years, we watched them sit back and let GAR packs do their thing, go through head coaches like nothing, okay? Just rifle through them, make poor basketball decisions. We haven't seen them get involved on any of those fronts. The only things we've seen them get involved with is, is when it comes to marketing, business, and maybe some financial flexibility. That's about it. You know, maybe instructing John Paxson and Gar Foreman to trade a second-round pick for cash. That might be the only thing we've ever heard them get involved with. I mean, we've seen—I mean, we just watched The Last Dance, us Bulls fans, right? We watched The Last Dance, and we have to relive the the fact that Jerry Reinsdorf— let Jerry Krause break up a dynasty and didn't step in to repair the relationship with Phil Jackson or repair the relationship with Scottie Pippen or, you know, try to make things work so Michael Jordan would have incentive to come back and defend that sixth championship in 1999. He didn't step in for that. He didn't step in for Phil Jackson one of the greatest coaches in NBA history. So I would be surprised if, if him or his son actually are stepping into save Jim Boylan. Keep in mind, Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson, won six rings with the Bulls. Went on to win three more rings as a head coach with the Lakers. Then retired for about a season, came back, won two more, okay? Now, do that quick math right there. That's 11 rings as a head coach, okay? The man's won 11 titles as a head coach, but this ownership group is going to protect a guy who's, what, had a, had a nice February in 2019 that we've heard a lot about, that's caused a lot of headaches, drama within the, the organization, who, by all accounts, backstabbed his way to get get the head coaching job from Fred Hoiberg. That's the guy we're going to defend? Jimbo? Now, Jimbo should be in limbo. And if the Reinsdorfs really are now deciding to step in to protect him, shame on them. Shame on them. Because they finally have the Bulls fans in their good graces. By getting rid of Gar Foreman and, you know, really elevating John Pax into a fake advisory role. You know, getting them out of the basketball operations side of things. That won the Bulls fans back over. It got them back in the good graces. You know, the Bulls, the Bulls were riding high prior to Tom Thibodeau's firing. I mean, really think about it. You know, the Bulls were were a hot ticket. You know, fans liked them. Fans were waiting for them to take that next step, and it never happened. And when Thibs was fired, it was, it was around that time when things started to go south because the Hoiberg hiring backfired on them. Derrick Rose just crumbled like a piece of paper. You know, everybody was was... Not clicking on all cylinders anymore and and the magic was gone and since that moment it seems like bulls basketball has has slipped in the Chicago sports scene and so their decision to finally finally get rid of GarPacks, raise that back up it got people's attention again. It took maybe some of those casual... Bulls fans, you know, I'm in that diehard group, and there's a lot of you probably listening who are part of that diehard category, you'll be there, you'll still watch, you'll still pay attention, even though you're a little more cynical, you'll still pay attention. But there's a group out there that's not paying attention unless that team's competitive. And now, man, you want to keep Jim Boylan and and really piss people off? Like, We're all in this buzz, and now you want to just completely take it away? I I don't understand why. Because you like the guy? Because he's a nice guy? There's a lot of nice guys. Fred Hoiberg was a nice guy. You still cut bait with his ass. You know, Vinny Del Negro, by all accounts, was a nice guy. You were cool letting him walk. You were cool letting John Paxson pretty much choke him out. I don't get it. I don't get it. If if it is really Michael Reinsdorf or Jerry Reinsdorf being the one to say, well, he's a nice guy. I mean, that that would baffle me. Now, does the financials play into it? Like, you know, KC kind of hinted to about what, what, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf had said this about the nine-figure losses. Is that maybe the reason and even that I don't understand because Jim Boylan's one of the cheapest head coaches in the league. He's making less than two million dollars a season, and the Bulls have the Bulls have paid coaches that they fired to sit at home while they paid their existing head coach. They've done it quite a bit. All right, like think about this: they fired Tom Thibodeau. They paid him almost $5 million, $6 million to sit at home while they were paying Fred Hoiberg $5 million to be on the bench in 2015-16. So they've done that before. And then when they let Fred Hoiberg go in December 2018, I mean, they were paying him millions of dollars to sit at home before he landed his Nebraska job while they paid Jim Boylan. So I... I don't see why that would be a problem. I mean, you've set that precedence before. Why not do it now? So it's got my blood boiling lately, um, and I want to. I want to give. I still want to give Carnachovics and Eversley the benefit of the doubt, because I, I really don't think that a front office would come to that conclusion without some influence. So. I'm I'm holding out hope that this is not a decision that they're going to make. Ultimately, I I still I still think that Jim Boylan will be let go before the 2021 season. I think you're gonna have a new Bulls head coach for the 2021 season. I still believe that. Am I more concerned? about making that statement than I was Tuesday early afternoon before Casey's column? Yes, I am. Because again, when, when Casey writes a column and he you know, gives you some new tidbits of information and is citing sources within it um, and makes a, a, a claim like that, there's usually something behind it. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a little more concerned little more concerned. I still think that there will be an, a, a new head coach for the 2021 season. But, yeah, reading what I read on, on Tuesday evening uh, didn't help matters. And it, it scrapped what I thought was, was going to be a pretty damn good episode for you and Bulls Nation. Instead, you just got me ranting and raving while I sip on a vodka tonic this evening. So, um, you know, hopefully we, we get some, some new news about that. Um, and you know what? Let's end on a positive note. One thing that we have that we can be very excited about is that we're gonna get some NBA basketball in about a week, so we actually get some games to watch while hell's breaking loose, especially here in the states with the virus having a resurgence. Um, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. That's why I kicked this whole thing off with the with the PSA about wearing a mask. But I am glad that. There's going to be some time to just break from reality, watch some basketball, and actually kind of get to talk and tweet about some stuff on the court. It's going to be great. Even though the Bulls aren't there, it would have been kind of fun to you know, see Zach Levine again, see some of those guys play again. Um, but, nah. At the same time, I don't want to see Jimbo on the sidelines or have to watch a, a bad team try to navigate to uh, get into a play-in to get into the playoffs. I, Whatever. Um, probably better off this way. That The only benefit maybe would have been that Zach, Laurie, and, and those guys might have had a chance to do some, some recruiting, start back-channeling or working with, you know, starting to recruit some players maybe for, for one of the upcoming off-seasons. Because you know that's going to happen down in Orlando. You know, you know that there's going to be some foundation laid down for some super teams maybe in that uh, 2021 offseason which I really want the Bulls to to make a, a splash move in that summer. I've been dying for that. In fact, when this podcast started a year ago in the in 2019, um, you know, I looked at the 2021 offseason, the summer of 2021 as the offseason where the Bulls franchise would change for the better. And with a new front office, I, I I hope that's the case. So, you know, all this is kind of fun. Just getting getting some basketball now, in the moment, I'm cool with that. So we'll definitely have some episodes coming up soon, getting into some of the things going on around the league. Maybe there might be some news on the Bulls front that we, we might want to talk about as well. Um, definitely want to throw this out there. If you want to get the latest episodes of the Rebuildable podcast, your best bet is to subscribe to our podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, if that's uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever, we're there. You'll find us. So subscribe if you want to get the latest episodes. You also can follow us on Twitter. So the Rebuildable handle is at Rebuild underscore A underscore Bull. It's the most confusing Twitter handle on Twitter, Sorry about that. Probably should have come up with something better. But again, rebuild underscore A underscore bull. You also can follow me on Twitter and get the latest episodes. I retweet them whenever they drop on the rebuildable handle. My Twitter handle is a little easier. It's at MGenteel88. And genteel is spelled G-E-N-T-I-L-E. Very simple. So... You can follow either one of those Twitter handles and, and you'll get my thoughts on Bulls basketball, my thoughts on the NBA, sometimes my thoughts on wearing a mask. Um, but whatever, you'll, you'll get my thoughts on, on stuff going on, but also you'll get the latest episodes of the Rebuildable Podcast. So everybody stay safe out there. Keep your distance. Wash your hands. And please, like I said earlier, wear a damn mask. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Rebuildable Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts.